Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We have a responsibility to do a great job and continue to invest in Washington, D.C. Hold me accountable. Hold me accountable said Ted yesterday, uh, before he decided that holding him accountable meant not taking any questions from the media following his pitch about how great moving his NBA and NHL teams out of the city would be for all of us. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Uh, Sam Fortier's been covering this, this story all week long for the Washington Post. He'll join us at 11. Charch will be with us. We'll do some fantasy football talk at 11.25. Rivera had some things yesterday to say about Sam Howell. You'll hear that on the show today. Lots of NFL discussion on the show today. We did not get to NFL buy and sell or our NFL power rankings yesterday. We will do that today. There is a game tonight, Denton. Raiders and Chargers. Terrible game without Justin Herbert. Uh, There are only three of these left. Just three of these Thursday night Amazon games left um, this year. Uh, Easton Stick is your starting quarterback for the L.A. Chargers. Uh, They'll play in a stadium that Washington will play in. Oh, wait a minute. Is the game in Vegas or is it in... L.A. I think it's in L.A., isn't it? No, it's in Vegas. My fault. Um, Washington will play in the Chargers stadium, but the Chargers won't this weekend. Washington and the Rams coming up Sunday. By the way, that line kind of reeks. Six and a half. A lot of public action on the Rams laying six and a half. Will I give out Washington again, getting a big number? I don't know. Um, This email to begin the show today comes from Mark. Mark writes, Serious question, Kevin. How much time on something that may or may not happen would you have spent on the Wizards and Caps yesterday if the Commanders were 9-4 and four rather than 4-9? and nine? Well, Mark, um, talk about, by the way, a completely unrealistic hypothetical. 9-4, and four, you should have made it more realistic. Like, if they had been six and seven or seven and six, you know, and in contention and, you know, on the verge of a big game with the Rams that had major wild card, you know, playoff position ramifications. Because they haven't been nine and four in 32 years. 32 years. We all know about, you know, they haven't won 11 games since the 91 Super Bowl season. They haven't been nine and four. In 32 years, the best they've been after 13 games is eight and five. And that's only happened twice. Um, Nine and four is not even a great record. I mean, think about how pathetic that is. It's not even a great record. I mean, it's a good record. Um, But anyway, uh, think about this, by the way, as a sports town. With four major pro sports teams, and we haven't had four major pro sports teams forever because we didn't have baseball for 34 years, but is there a sports city anywhere where two of its teams haven't had even one really good season in 30-plus years? Like Washington's football franchise hasn't even had an 11-win season, which isn't great, but you would put it in the category of like really good. They haven't had one of those in 32 years. And the Bullets slash Wizards haven't won 50 games, which you would consider to be really good, not great, but really good, in 43 years. It'll be 44 after this coming season. Um, But Mark, uh, back to your... Note, despite your completely unrealistic hypothetical, of course, 
Of course, if Washington was a contending team in mid-December, we would have done a lot less on Ted moving his teams yesterday. No doubt. I mean, it would have been a secondary story to a big game Sunday against the Rams for playoff positioning. Um, But anyway, sidetracked. Um, I have a few quick day-after things on what was a big story yesterday, the biggest story, because... Yeah, uh, they're not nine and four, and they're not even seven and six or six and seven. They're four and nine. Um, but a couple of things that I, I just wanted to either emphasize or um, kind of give you some thoughts on after thinking about yesterday. First, I know I said this yesterday, but I really hope it doesn't happen. I, I, I was I, I expressed disappointment. You know, on the show, I don't want the Wizards and Caps to move. The city is not in the best of places right now. I personally can't sit here and tell you, you know, what losing two sports pro teams means in in quantifiable terms, but I know it'll be a big blow to certainly an area that was resuscitated 25 years ago, Chinatown, and probably some surrounding areas like, you know, City Center and Penn Quarter, et cetera. Um, and that, that's sad to me. It's, it's amazing, by the way, just to think that it's only been 25 years since Abe Poland took a huge gamble for his hometown that paid off for everybody more than it did even for him. Um, and all the good that it did. And, you know, there is a part of me that, you know, thinks that is kind of being ignored. Uh, this was, you know, Tommy pulled this quote for me from, uh, on the podcast yesterday, but this was Ted Leonsis from his book in 2010, the book that he wrote titled the business of happiness. He wrote quote about Abe Poland. Abe was a remarkable man who built and sustained both the Washington Wizards and the Caps, and in the mid-90s, he had taken on a very significant financial commitment, building a new arena in downtown D.C. Mr. Poland has moved his teams from Landover, Maryland, into the heart of the district because he thought it would be better for the city he loved. He financed this himself in an act of civic generosity that is increasingly uncommon among sports team owners who often rely on municipalities, taxpayers, to build their new arenas or stadiums. Closed quote. That was from the book that Ted wrote to help you become happier. Um, The city he loved, an act of civic generosity. Look, as I said yesterday, it's very possible, if not likely, that if most of us, me included, had a chance to look at the Virginia opportunity side-by-side with the D.C. offer, and if we had the knowledge of perhaps, you know, um, you know, a mayor and a city council not being responsive enough to the needs of Ted and the arena, many of us may have come to the same conclusion. You know, it's business. Sorry. Uh, it's a much better deal, and you guys have been unresponsive. Now, there are people in Ted's position that would have said, well, it's more than just business. This is my team to do with as I please. However, I'm also a steward for the city with these teams. Josh Harris, remember, said that when he bought the football team back in July. He said, quote, I am humbled by the opportunity to serve alongside my partners as stewards of this great franchise for the city of Washington, D.C., closed quote. Um, you know, I didn't know this yesterday on the show, but I looked this up last night because somebody had mentioned to me, I was mentioning on the show yesterday, you know, Santa Clara and Arlington, Texas and the, in the places, uh, you know, far removed from downtown urban city areas where teams play. But I listed basically NFL and MLB teams. Well, the wizards, and I didn't know this until last night. The Wizards will be the only NBA team that does not play in the urban city they represent if they make this move. Again, several NFL and MLB teams don't play in the actual city they represent, in part because you need more room for a football and a baseball stadium. 
Um, but even that number isn't that large. You know, Santa Clara for the 49ers, the Cowboys are in Arlington, you know, the Jets, Giants in East Rutherford, the Bills are in Orchard Park, the Skins are in Landover. But in the NBA, if my list is updated and correct, unless other teams move before the Wizards possibly move, they would be the only one in the NBA not playing in an urban arena in the city they represent. Just FYI. There are a couple of hockey teams that play a little bit further removed, but they're kind of state teams like you know Florida, etc., and, and, and a few others. I really hope the two teams stay in D.C. I do. And I think more than I thought maybe yesterday in reading from Ted's statement to fans and supporters. It was addressed to dear fans and supporters. Um, It was something that came out after the presser yesterday. There were more words in the statement that were more of kind of caveats or forewarnings about the deal that, you know, everybody was, my God, so giddy about at Potomac Yard yesterday. It felt very definite to me in the moment and watching that press conference Yesterday, you know, politicians from both sides of the aisle, the owner of the two teams speaking as if it was a done deal. But from his letter yesterday, a few things to hang maybe perhaps a long shot hope that the deal doesn't go through on. Um, He wrote, dear fans and supporters, I'm thrilled to share with you a development which marks a potentially transformational new chapter for monumental sports and entertainment. Um the uh, the, the you move a little bit further down in the note. He he writes while we are still in the early stages, we have reached an understanding for a framework of an agreement with the Commonwealth of Virginia, the City of Alexandria, and JBG Smith for a public-private partnership that would create a world-class entertainment district at Potomac Yard. Yada yada yada. Um, pending General Assembly and City Council approval. This project will become a catalyst for innovation and economic growth, yada, yada, yada. Um, I mean, I, I understood, and I'm not saying that this is news, that things, that there are hurdles, you know, state level, town level, neighborhood level. Um, it just sounded very done yesterday. And yes, I remember Doug Wilder, the governor of Virginia, with Jack Kent Cook in the same location saying the same thing, but... I don't know, it felt more definite uh, yesterday to me. But maybe, maybe it falls through. I hope it falls through. Um, And I also hope, from Ted's standpoint, that D.C.'s offer of $500 million is enough for him to feel good about staying if it actually got to that point where the Virginia, you know, the, the politics of whatever has to go through and be voted on and the hurdles that need to be cleared. If they're not, I I would want him to feel good about staying too. I would want this city to do right by him. Um, We'll see on all that. I would bet that this is going to happen, that the teams will move to Potomac Yard by 2028. That, That would be my wager. I think that would be the safe wager. That would be, right now, the betting favorite and probably a prohibitive betting favorite. We'll ask Sam at 11, like percent chance that this thing falls through. I bet it's 10% or less. But still hoping that the last, you know, couple of days turn out to be major head fakes. Um, A few more things uh, that I wanted to just mention kind of um, upon further review or just thinking about it a little bit more after the show yesterday. As a many-year Marylander, you know, as someone who grew up in Montgomery County, I've lived in the city a few times, including right now. Um, I live in the city. Um, but as a many, many, most all of my life, Marylander and or DCer, and have never, I've never lived in Virginia, I do find the discussion about Virginia versus Maryland versus DC as it relates to this move a bit exaggerated. Like Potomac Yard isn't Woodbridge or Dumfries, Marylanders and DCers. You know, it's not Loudoun County. It's Reagan National Airport, basically. It's just south of it. It's much closer to the monument and capital than FedEx Field is. If ultimately they do move to Potomac Yard, for me, I can only speak for myself. 
The same decisions, for the most part, that I make right now about going to FedEx Field or going to Capital One or going to Xfinity Center as it relates to things like traffic and convenience and time spent, etc., coming and going, but specifically to Capital One, okay, where the Wizards and Caps play, where there are concerts, etc., where there are college basketball games and you know uh, regionals, um, et cetera, ACC tournaments, Big Ten tournaments, Capital One's really the the thing to focus on. The decisions that I've made in recent years to go there, I just don't think are going to be much different for me if they're at Potomac Yard. You know, if they have a sweet a Sweet Sixteen Final Eight East Regional, you know, in DC. Uh, and it would be called DC, even though they'd be playing at Potomac Yard at the new arena. I, the same decision that I would make about Capital One is the same decision I'm going to make there. I, I, I just don't think it's going to be that much different. You know, 20 minutes isn't going to be a, a deal breaker. Woodbridge and Dumfries, yes. I get that Virginians have been the ones traveling for a long time now. I get it. Cap Center, you know, for many years before the downtown arena, FedEx Field. But that's personally, uh, you know, for me, why a downtown arena makes the most sense for everybody. But Potomac Yard isn't so much further than Capital One that it's going to make a ma- that it's going to be a major difference maker for most people. It won't for me. I think the inconvenience for Maryland and DC people has been exaggerated here over the last twenty four hours. Look, I concede I could be wrong because who knows what the state of Metro will be in 2028, what the traffic patterns will look like five years from now, what the parking situation will be around that arena. I would imagine they'll get that part right. Um, but, you know, it's just it's a much different conversation than the one we were having, you know, six months ago or a year ago or whenever it was that Dumfries and Woodbridge and, you know, 35 to 40 miles you know, from downtown DC was being had. I mean, that was never going to happen anyway. I don't think the league would have ever allowed it. You know, it's one thing for the 49ers to move to Silicon Valley. It's another for the team in the nation's capital to, to play their games in Dumfries. No offense. But the Potomac Yard location, uh, come on. Um, and then... And then also, I, I wanted to, to just to say this about a, a lot of the conversation. And I had a, I was reading a lot, and I had a lot of conversations after the show and the podcast yesterday. The conversation that has centered around crime as a big reason why Ted is moving, or why people aren't going to games as much um, as they were before, or maybe a better way of saying it, they're not as comfortable going to games as they once were. Um, look, this is just me. Everybody's experience is their own. But I personally think this part of the conversation, too, is overrated. I know that crime in the city is up. I do. It's up for most cities, you know, for many reasons. But for me, Chinatown, you know, Penn Quarter, City Center, have I noticed a difference when I've been to a game or been to dinner, you know, at Centralina, one of my favorite places in city center. We were there probably a month and a half ago for dinner. Yeah, I, I've noticed it's different, but is it as much as people have been saying? I don't see that. I don't see that at all. Look, if you're not a person who spends a lot of time in town for work or for recreation and you just come to the city, into the city for Caps games or Wizards games, I think your perspective is probably different than people who live in the city, work in the city, frequent different places and neighborhoods in the city. Um, I think it's fine. There hasn't been a moment that I've worried about going to that area of the city, parking a few blocks away from Cap One when I don't have a press parking pass. That's always much easier to pull in underneath the arena. But when I go personally, I don't ask for a press parking pass. Um, and so I'll park, you know, in a lot, you know, and pay whatever it is, 20, 30, 40 bucks, whatever it is. And then I'll, you know, get out and walk it. I've, I've never felt like that. That was, um, you know, worrisome. Um, I, if I go out to dinner, uh, I'm not worried about walking from wherever we park. You know, there are areas in town where I'm sure you have to worry about that. I, I just... I just think that that part of the conversation, it's, it's a matter of perspective. You know, 
do you have to deal with some panhandlers and some homeless people? You do that in every city. You know, I'm aware that crime is a problem in not only the city, but many in close suburbs as well. There are issues that need to be addressed. I'm not, you know, certainly not denying that. I'm just saying that, like, if you're worried about getting off the metro with, like, hundreds of other people heading a half a block to Capital One Arena, I mean, well, yeah, I guess Potomac Yard will be nicer for you. Um, And again, I I don't want to come off as condescending because if you feel that way, personal safety is a very subjective thing and it's a very personal thing. You know, there, and if there are enough people feeling that way, well then Ted needs some help from the mayor and others to make them feel safer. You can't make them, you know, if, if it's not a big deal to me or to many of you, but it is to them, you're not going to change their minds more likely than not. You know, I'm aware there are plenty of businesses that have left that area. It, it I, I've no, we've all noticed. Okay. But you know, it's different. Like people don't come. If people decide they don't want to come to a restaurant or they don't want to come down and hang out at rocket, you know, wherever, um, they have other restaurants that maybe are in a place that they feel better about, more comfortable about. But you don't have a choice if you want to see the Caps or the Wizards or Taylor Swift. Did she play at Capital One? I don't even know. Did she? Did she? No, she pat. No, they passed she said, on DC, right? She said no FedEx can't do it. No FedEx. That, that that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but you know those things don't happen in Potomac or Rockville or Ashburn. <laughs> You know, or Bethesda. So you don't have the choice of that. Um, Anyway, um, look, if they do move, the mayor and the city council better get the skins back to D.C. And it certainly would seem like if Ted moves these two teams that are not as significant as the football team to Potomac Yard, that not only will the pressure be on the city to get wa- to get Washington's football franchise back into the city, but that Josh Harrison, Mitchell Rails, and Magic Johnson, etc., will have a little bit more leverage than perhaps they did prior to this. If the city has the if the city ends up with the football team and the baseball team, that is better than having Ted's teams anyway. I'd like to have all four. I'd like to have all four. But if you only could choose two, you know, you would choose the football team and the baseball team um, in terms of what would be best, I think, for the city. But I, I want I don't want the Wizards and Caps to move either. I really do hope that somehow um, it falls apart. I really do. Uh, all right. Let's get to a what do you got. So last night in the NBA, Giannis Attentacumpo scored 64 points in Milwaukee's 140 to 126 win over the Indiana Pacers. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of a rivalry between the Pacers and the Bucks because the Pacers knocked off the Bucks in the in-season tournament. Um, but that was just part of the story. Uh, There was an issue because this was a career high for Giannis, and he wanted the basketball. And the basketball wasn't around. And the reason was that Indiana coach Rick Carlisle said the Pacers took the ball for Oscar Tshwebe, who as a rookie scored his first official NBA point in the game last night. And so they took the ball and gave it to him. Hey, Rook, way to go. You scored some points. Oh, that guy, he just scored 64, career high. He wants the ball. We're not going to give it to him. There was a big confrontation between the teams over this ball. Uh, Carlisle said Bucks players, including Giannis, came into the Pacers' tunnel looking for the ball, and a scuffle ensued. The coach said Pacers GM Chad Buchanan was elbowed in the ribs by one of the Milwaukee players. Unfortunate situation. And Carlisle said, we don't need the official game ball. There's two game balls there. We could have taken the other one. But it didn't need to escalate to that. Well, as it turns out, they gave what 
they believe to be the game ball to Giannis. But he doesn't think it's the game ball. He said it did not feel like the game ball. And now he's kind of backing up a little bit and saying, whatever, I'll take this ball and we'll act like it was the game ball. But there is some controversy over whether or not the ball that finally made it into Giannis's hands in his locker room was the actual ball or not. Well, it was. Well, he said he, he didn't said it feel wasn't. like it. But if you see it, there's a video circulating around Twitter where the final buzzer goes off and you can see a Milwaukee staffer, security guard, whoever, sprint out to the court and take the ball that was used in the game from the official and then run back to the bench. Okay. Well, he didn't, you know, you saw, you heard his comments, right? You've, you've watched the presser with him. He seems to have backed off whether it's the ball or not from, you know, being so worked up. He was really upset about it. He was sprinting into the locker room. He was doing the finger point in the face of Tyrese Halliburton. He came. That's Giannis. I'm, I, I, aren't you surprised at his reaction? No, actually, Giannis has he has a little bit of, of that side to him. You don't see it very frequently, but every now and then you kind of see him pop off a little bit, and it's uh, it's not a fun sight. Giannis was twenty of twenty eight from the floor. People, twenty of twenty eight. He was 24 of 32 from the free throw line. Do the math on that, all right? That's all 64 points. He didn't make one three-pointer in the game. He got 64 without one three in the game. Um, He's spectacular. Uh, Always has been. And that 64, by the way... Um, was a, a franchise record as well. Michael Redd, who, by the way, Ernie Grunfeld drafted. Um, Michael Redd had the previous team record of 57 scored in a game back in 2006. It's actually, um, when I saw that that was the record, I just figured that he had broken Kareem, or actually when he played Milwaukee, he was Lou Alcindor before he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But I just figured that the record... Um, was owned by uh, Alcindor, but it wasn't. Michael Red had 57. Uh, by the way, uh, Giannis's previous career high um, was, of course, against the Wizards. Uh, last January, he had 55 against the Wizards. Um, the Wizards, Ted's, you know, uh, big branded NBA team. What, what a wonderful brand they've built with the Wizards. Uh, they are now uh, three and twenty after a 142 to 122 loss last night against the Pelicans at home who did not play Zion Williamson because he was injured. The Wizards actually started this game off because I was actually paying attention to it last night. Um, they actually were up in the game 23 to eight midway through the first quarter. I'm like, oh my God. Well, they they want to they want to stay in DC. They're trying to make a statement tonight. So they were up 15 and lost by 20. Um, it's amazing how bad they are on defense. I mean, in the last two games, they've given up 142 and 146. But these are all good things. This is what you want if you are a Wizards fan. Uh, you want them to continue on the uh, on the path they are on. They're 3-20. and 20. I can't believe that I said before the season, Denton, I hope they didn't add enough talent with some of their moves that they end up winning 30 games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I legitimately thought, wow, they're keeping Kuzma, it's Jordan Poole, Tyus Jones, Landry Shamit. I mean, they, they might win. Th- what if they win 30? It's like defeating the purpose. I mean... There's no chance of them winning 30. They are on pace for what you want. Some something in the, you know, mid to high teens in terms of wins. The problem, of course, is that there are two other terrible basketball teams. Right now, I'm following the NBA, so you don't have to. The Detroit Pistons have lost 21 games in a row. <laughs> they are two and twenty-two. By the way, I can do the math on that. That means at one point they were two and one in the season. And then the San Antonio Spurs have lost 18 in a row. And they are three and twenty. They have the same record that the Wizards do. So the Wembenyana 
Spurs have lost 18 straight games. The battle for the best chance for the number one overall between the Spurs, Pistons, and Wizards will be fascinating to watch all season long. Um, I have a bit of a complaint to make about those that get so excited about Washington's draft position in the NFL draft. That's next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, the draft position, you guys would pick number four if it was today. Obviously, fans follow that. Do you have a message for the people who say, uh, you know, you should lose out from here and, and get a higher draft position? Well, I just struggle with that just because, you know, we're professionals. We're played to do our best, put it all out there, and that's, that's, that's what we intend to do is just put it out there. That was Ron Rivera uh, yesterday after a question by Michael Phillips. And I read that, and I also um, have had a couple of – we didn't get to any of some of the follow-up that I wanted to get to to um, Monday Night Football in particular, Denton, yesterday because I had to take Tuesday off. Um but this uh, was representative of a few tweets that I got. It, it came from Alex. He said, how about the Monday night results, Sheehan? Two smell test winners and all good for the Skins draft position. And then in capital letters, he writes, still fourth and climbing with many exclamation points afterwards. So I want them to have a really high draft choice, too. I want them to have all the options. It's a clean slate. You know, this season does not matter at all in terms of the results anymore. But there's just something that, I don't know, I have a feeling some of you will understand this and others won't. There's something about reacting to draft position and losing games to get better draft positioning that just seems so loser-esque. I mean, to be thrilled, some of you are like literally, it's erotic. Like you're, you're stimulated when they lose and you can see, you know, wow, they didn't look and, and did you see the Tennessee result? And did you see the Giants one? And you're looking at all these other things and it's like, it's arousing for you. I mean, check yourself, please. It just makes us look like such losers. I mean, the hoping for it, you know, in sort of a calm way, 
week in and week out, uh, that's okay. I want Sam to play well. I want the defense, you know, whatever. And maybe we lose 39-36 in overtime. Something like that. But then the getting into the other team's results, I mean, Monday night, what a night, Sheehan! Well, at least you acknowledge the two smell test winners, because i got to be honest with you. On Monday night, the only thing I cared about was the Giants, were the Giants and Titans covering, and by the way, the Giants winning outright Denton, which I had, um, and having a non-500 smell test week. Ended up 6-2 and two for the week. Um, I, I, I didn't, of course I knew that the Giants and the Titans losing, just like I know if Arizona and New England put together a couple of wins here down the stretch, it's all good. There's just something about being just so excited by it. Like, it's everything for some of you. And I understand we're looking for small wins here because the big wins have eluded us forever. And it just... Like, there I am talking about the Wizards position. That's one thing, I guess. In the NFL, there are only 17 of these every year. How many of these GD years have we just been sitting here and and at the end of the year just saying, well, I hope, you know, the players that we want and we feel good about play well, but, you know, they lose. Look, I remember openly, openly, because I was such a big fan of Chase Young at Ohio State. Such a big fan of Chase Young at Ohio State. But I remember openly just saying, do not beat the Giants. My God, he'll end up there if you win this game. And But going into it, it was like, I hope Dwayne plays well, Haskins, but they lose in overtime. And sure enough, it's exactly what happened. He played pretty well, and they lost in overtime when Daniel Jones threw for like five touchdowns, including an overtime touchdown pass. And they lost to the Giants again. Of course they did. I don't. I, there's just. Does anybody else feel that way? Like you, there's just too much. Like to get a roused borderline over the other teams losing for draft position. It's just at some point it's like the competitive part of you has to just say, "What are we doing here? What are we doing here? We are just such." A loser sports town. Um, anyway, uh, if you want to weigh in on that, you can call at 301-230-0980. I, um, I did want to just mention, because we didn't have a chance to do that. this, is just the stories that have come out the last couple of days. Um, specifically, the story that came out from, I think his name was Mike Kern, a longtime reporter in New England, writes for, for SI. Um, and then NBC Sports Boston also reported, you know, sources saying that, you know, Robert Kraft has already, already decided that they're going to split from Belichick at the end of the year. And the decision was reportedly made after the team's 10 to six loss to the Colts in Germany. Um, Belichick was asked about it and his first availability, uh, leading into Sunday's game yesterday. And, um, he just said, you know, in typical Belichick fashion, I'm getting ready for Kansas city, but you know, it does appear more and more as if Bill Belichick's going to be available. Now, you know, I wonder whether or not they'll do it in some sort of trade situation since he's technically under contract. But man, in addition to all of the, you know, the next guy coaches, you know, the Ben Johnsons, the Brian Johnsons, the, you know, the Bobby Slowicks, et cetera, you're going to have very likely Bill Belichick and maybe even Mike Tomlin available this offseason when you are in the market for a head coach. You know, Big Ben, as in Big Ben Roethlisberger, said yesterday about the Tomlin era, maybe the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is done. You can't afford in the second half of games to burn silly timeouts and to not have them late in the game. To me, that's bad coaching. Closed quote from Ben Roethlisberger yesterday on his podcast, Footballing with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I mean, 
Not a bad year to be in the market potentially for a new head coach. You know, this would have been one of those situations in the past where we would have said we need the the availability of really good coaches to be high volume because we'll land on somebody decent after all of the best choose other places. But now we look like a, you know, a decent destination with different ownership number 1, obviously. Um, all of the cap space we're projected to have, number two. Number three, all the draft choices and perhaps a very high draft choice. If we can just, you know, uh, watch these, watch our team lose and watch all of these other bad teams win and get so excited about it. Um, and then, you know, uh, some potential new head coach, general manager might think that they've got the quarterback answer here. Um, speaking of that quarterback, Ron Rivera said some things about him yesterday. I'll play that for you when we come back. Sam Fortier at 11, at 11 a.m. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show and the Team 980, theteam980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. NBA hoops last night. The New Orleans Pelicans absolutely dominate the Wizards 142 to 122. This is the 12th game this season that the Wizards have allowed 130 or more points in their 23 games. They're 3 and 20 now. Brandon Ingram goes for 40, 14 and 23 from the floor, 11 and 12 from the free throw line. Kyle Kuzma led the Wizards with 27 points. Jordan Poole just 11 on 5 of 12. From the floor, Bilal Koulibaly added 16 off the bench, 6 and 9 in 32 minutes for him. And that's what's trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This upcoming segment of the show is brought to you by the Maryland Vehicle Theft Prevention Council. Maryland drivers, did you know a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device. Learn more about vehicle theft prevention at mdautotheft.org. So yesterday was Coach Quarterback Day. Uh, Sam Howell spoke too, but I wanted to play some of Ron Rivera on Sam Howell and then I'll save for the final um, uh, piece of Ron Rivera's presser yesterday something he said towards the end of it that I uh, was curious about. Um, We'll play that for you in a moment. But this was him talking about on how he'll measure Sam Howell's growth over these final four games. Well, I think the biggest thing in talking with EV about it is really his decision making. I mean, that that that's one of the things that is really always important with a quarterback is, you know, is he making the right decisions, uh, and then getting to him and asking why? Why were these decisions made? I think that's one of the things that sometimes we think we know, but we don't, and that is the final result we kind of measure. But it's the process and the decision-making that they're really looking at, as will a new general manager, a new head coach. You know, did he make the right read? You know, based on what he was supposed to do, did he do it? You know, if he created an off-schedule play that resulted in something positive, okay, he's good at that, but was there, with the process he should have been going through, a much better result available? Um, and that's really, I think, a big deal for Sam Howell to be more consistent in the eyes of his current coaching staff 
with his decision-making. You know, not missing things that they probably believe are there if he gets to it in the timing that they want him to get to it in. Uh, This was Ron yesterday on Hal's growth thus far. And how do you feel he's grown in that area? Well, I think he's learning. I really do. It's... You know, it, it, it's it's tough just because of our, our, our you know our situation. You know, being down early in games it changes a lot of things that you want to do. Um, you know, and and early on when you know when as long as these games stay close, you can really see you know how, just how how much he's gotten better. So I agree with you know when a game's out of hand, it's harder you know to sort of see the things that you want to see with him. But you know the the game plan with respect to throwing the football, is there from the jump. I mean, their idea of moving the football is by throwing the forward pass. You can say some of these plays are run extension throws. They're still throws. They're still being... um, The game plan, to me, doesn't change that much and hasn't changed that much in several of their games from score and time situations. Uh, I think that the game plans have significantly changed in two games in particular. Okay, I think the Arizona opener, because they were literally on the verge of losing that game and they had thrown the ball so much in that game and he had gotten sacked and he had had the sack fumble in that game. The defense, and it was the moment of the season, the opener, okay, for the defense, and then that was basically it although the Jamin Davis uh, play in week two was fine. But after, you know, the fumble touchdown, and they're down 13-7, they're down 16-10, to and then the defense takes over, forces a fumble, and it's basically Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson right into the end zone or near the end zone where Sam Howell finally scores. And then they force another fumble, the defense does, and it's Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson, field goal for a four-point lead because they don't fear Josh Dobbs can move him down the field to score. That was one game in which I felt like in-game the game plan changed significantly because of the game situation. And then the first giant game is the other. When he got sacked all of those times in the first half on all of those dropbacks, and then in the second half... They went to more quick game. And that was really the beginning of much more of an emphasis. It wasn't that they weren't throwing quick game and screens and 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 different you know uh, ideas to get the ball out of Sam's hands in a hurry so that he didn't have to you know drop back and read and process and deliver with, by the way, also an offensive line that was problematic, understood. Um, but that that game plan in the second half changed, and they went to a lot more quick game after Wink Martindale had stumped him for some reason in the first half, and they scored a touchdown. They had a chance at a field goal. Remember, it got blocked, and then at the very end, they were on like you know a ridiculously long drive and had that opportunity for Dotson to make that catch, which would have gotten them you know closer to tying the game and potentially winning it in overtime. Um, he also was asked just about what Sam is focusing on the rest of the season. Or really, it was more about what he is focused on with respect to the offense and Sam the rest of the season. Here's what he said. Well, as a team, first of all, consistency. And, and, and then, you know, the, the, where we are in terms of the development of, you know, different positions, obviously, Looking at some of the young offensive linemen, looking at some of the tight ends and 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 the and the backs for that matter, and then defensively, you know, seeing some improvement with with what we're what we're doing in the secondary. Yeah, that wasn't the one I meant to play. Uh, sorry about that, Denton. Um, the one that I wanted to play was him on talking about you know during the bye week, going back and reviewing Sam Howell's sacks during the bye week. Here's what Ron said. Well, I think the biggest thing we talked about was you know getting the ball out of his hands quicker. Whether that's his decision making or it's play calling, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things that he has to understand. You know, take what's there, and 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 sometimes you know discretion is the better part of valor. Throw it away. All right, there you go. Um, seeking out the incompletions wasn't that the way it was described by Sam and by Eb earlier in the year, and then the last um, soundbite that I wanted to play from Ron Rivera is. 
Anafi's got a message for the team for these final four games. Here's what he said. Well, I, I, I don't think it's any different than when we left. It's, it's really about you know being the professional that we are and going out and, and, and doing your best, giving it your best. I mean, you know, the stranger things have happened where you were still in it, obviously, numerically, but we'll see how it goes. And at the end of the day, you got to take care of your business first and foremost. <laughs> I, I swear, he's look, he is a standings playoff scenario watcher. He's better at playoff scenarios than he is at the in-game analytics decisions sometimes, or, or at least listening to those that are giving him the advice. All right? Uh, yeah, if they were to run the table, they'd be in the postseason most likely. I don't know, most likely. They would certainly have a chance if they ran the table and finished 8-9 and nine, to be right there. Uh, but, as we know... Um, they're not beating the 49ers. They're not beating the Cowboys if the Cowboys have something to play for. And they're probably not going to beat the Rams and the Jets either. When you give up 90 points in back-to-back games, and those were your last two games, uh, it's not promising. But he's looking at it, and he's like, wait wait a minute, hold, hold on here. The seventh seed is 6-7. and seven. We're 4-9. That's two games out. That's only two games out with four to go. Do you think he knows uh, when his team can be eliminated this year? Or is no, that for another no, time? no. Uh, somebody better tell him this year that he can be el- – I, by the way, I think he could be eliminated Sunday. If the Packers were to win, um, the Rams would be – yeah, I, I think he would – I think he, he gets eliminated. Because if he loses to the Rams to go to 4-10 and 10 and the Rams are 7-7, seven and seven, well, they wouldn't beat out the Rams in a tiebreaker for one spot, if even if the Rams lost the last three and Washington won the last three. Yeah, I would bet that he's eliminated at the end of Sunday, uh, officially, numerically, as he says. Mathematically also is another way to say it. Uh, I, I would I, – I, I don't have – I'm really not following their playoff scenarios this year. I know that I've been insane with this in the past, but it's usually when they're a little bit better than four and nine. Like at five and eight, I might still be sitting here saying, "Hey, they're only a game out. This is what has to happen." At four and nine, with the last two games being outscored ninety to twenty-five, yeah, not really there. More into the excitement over the uh, draft position opportunities. Sam Fortier next. Kevin Sheehan show Team Nine Eighty and the Team Nine Eighty dot com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 